Hey everybody, um, it's Lisa from ha- <laughs> I seriously was going to say I've been paying attention. No, it's not. That's a great show, by the way. It's Lisa from this podcast, which is Talking About Death Will Not Kill You. And I'm so glad that you can join me for this episode that wasn't really scheduled, but I'm chucking it in there because uh, due to recent turn of events. So it's just a little short one, but it's basically to talk to you about my uh, experience with death recently. So basically, uh, uh, two weeks ago, uh, my grandmother, who just had turned 100 years old, had passed away. Uh, A bit of backstory and context, I had not seen this grandmother for 13 years, probably even longer than that previously to that, Um, and there's a whole bunch of family issues there as to why I had not seen her. Uh, I, yeah, you know what families are like, and sometimes some are pretty fucked up. Anyway, that's pretty much sums up mine. Yeah, so basically I had not seen her in a very long time. I'd known that uh, 12 years prior she had been put into a nursing home uh, and, uh, you know, with COVID it affected the amount of people that can go visit people in nursing homes. And, I mean, that was, you know, two years ago and she's been in there 12 years ago, but that just kind of gives you a guide as to some of the reasons why um, and I just wasn't allowed to go visit her. There were gatekeepers at the door. Let's just put it that way. I should have just moved on. Let's move on. Uh, But basically, she passed away. Excuse me, phone? How rude. She passed away, uh, I would assume, well, I'm sure they're going to put on her death certificate, what, like old age. Uh, She was 100, uh, but she'd had a stroke on her 100th birthday, actually. And I would imagine that, uh, I would imagine another severity of the issue had to take and hold. I don't actually know the specifics. Just shows you how much I am a little mushroom, kept in the dark and fed shit. Anyway, so going to her funeral, uh, which for me, as I record this, was uh, three days ago. And it's taken me a few days to process what happened to me at that funeral. And not because of the actual funeral itself. It was just the whole family dynamic that was around. Um, but that's not on discussion today because that's f- all kinds of fucked up and weird. But uh, just basically sharing my experience of being at an, I'm going to say, at an old person's funeral. So I've been to funerals where the person who's passed away was probably in this. Uh, so I've, the oldest person that's passed away in my life previous to this would have been my grandfather and he was probably about I would say 80 ish I don't know his exact age I'm sorry but he was 80 something and you know he was he was living in a nursing home and he looked quite unwell and apparently he had dementia he never seemed to forget me so maybe I'm just so memorable but that was apparently one of the things he had and he also had bowel cancer from what I was told so being that Someone who's quite sick in a nursing home and quite old. That's the that's the probably most, <laughs> it's going to sound weird saying this, but the most appropriate funeral I've been to. You know, when you go to it, you're like, well, at least they're in no pain anymore. At least they can, you know, have their, live their best life, yada, 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 all that sort of stuff. So to be at this funeral of someone who lived to 100, this is a first for me. I don't know how many people get to 
get to attend a funeral where a loved per- loved one has attend has able to reach a century and triple digits in their age. So this is a first for me and it was quite an experience. The service was quite small and I'd like to think it's because um, our family is quite small but also when you get to live to the age of 100 you don't have a lot of friends coming to your funeral. So that was an interesting aspect. I thought there would be more people there and there simply wasn't. We filled the chapel and uh, that was it was comfortably filled. So and actually there was probably some few there was a few seats spare. So there was there was room for maybe five or six more people. Uh, so that was an interesting thing that I it caught me by surprise. Uh, no one actually put any m- meaningful things on her coffin. We weren't a, we there was no uh, section of the funeral service where we could approach the coffin to say goodbye to her or anything like that. Like that was something I was expecting. Um, I wanted to put something on her coffin, and I was the only person that did. And I didn't do it myself. I actually got one of the funeral people to do it because I felt um, this. I didn't feel comfortable at this funeral. For, for other reasons so I didn't really feel comfortable so as a, a funeral uh, director or person uh, was grabbing a wreath to take to put near the coffin uh, I asked them to take this bingo dabber which anyone that's ever been to old school bingo not the way it is nowadays where you play it with an iPad don't even get me started on that crap uh, I asked them to put it on her coffin so it's a little uh, texter that has a little sponge on the end so instead of swiping a texture and drawing with it you just press down and release and it leaves a little red circle or a colored circle and that is how you mark your numbers on your bingo pad so my nana my nana loved uh bingo so i thought that would that was um that was my contribution anyway that was the only contribution and i was quite shocked by that and then this at the service there was no opportunity for people to do that which i was also again quite surprised um we all, I also experienced a service where the coffin, I don't know if I've actually experienced this before, but the coffin was brought in. I've seen it, but not experienced it. It was brought in on a trolley with the sort of concertina style where it, it, it pulls out almost like a Hoberman sphere. It pulls out and becomes elongated and then the coffin is placed on it. And because her children are quite of an age uh, and there was grandchildren also that partook in taking her from the hearse to the chapel at the front of the chapel they wheeled her along so they didn't carry her they just grabbed a handle and they walked her to the front uh don't know how i feel about that i know that you know she had two sons partake in the in the carrying of the coffin but i don't know i just felt like yeah i suppose it's an old it's an old person's funeral i I, just getting my head around it thinking about it and saying it out loud now uh so yeah that happened the at the end of the the conclusion of the funeral it was a very catholic uh funeral as it could be in a chapel at the cemetery Uh, and if you're playing along it was pine grove where pretty much everyone i know is buried uh past episodes of this podcast where i've talked about myself you will have already heard that so and i was i was actually quite unaware of what the situation was going to be on how my grandmother was going to be um, interred whether she was going to be cremated or buried so a bit of uh, rewind and past history my grandmother and grandfather had bought a double plot and for as long as I remember they owned this double plot in Pine Grove 
then um, unfortunately my uncle passed away first before any of them had um, and he was placed in that plot then my grandfather passed away and he was also placed in that plot so I was I wasn't sure that there would one be room in this plot and two you know trying to get like Pinegrove is very very in demand and very hard and expensive I would imagine because it's quite full like they're opening up new areas but it is a quite a full area uh, I wasn't sure if she was going to be buried with them or somewhere separate or even be cremated. So uh, they took her out back the same way again. So everybody grabbed their handle and wheeled her back out. And then she and then we all followed the processions from, from the front of the chapel to the back of the chapel. We all exited together. And then the goodbyes were said whilst the coffin was in the hearse. I don't know if that's a regular thing. I uh, haven't, as much as I say I've experienced a fair few funerals in my life, it has been a while since I've been to a funeral and I'm very, very pleased that it's been like, oh, no, actually, it was most recent. I'd say it's been a couple of years since I've been to a funeral and I don't remember much of it, to be honest. I um, I only went to the service and then I left. So I didn't probably, I probably wasn't paying attention. Not as much as I should have if I had, should have been if I have a death podcast but anyway I digress so uh, everyone was saying goodbye to, goodbyes to her while she was in the hearse then uh, we all took a procession of a very slow drive with our headlights on from the chapel to as I just had like recently found out she was going to be buried to the chapel to where she was being buried uh basically i want to say 500 meters but i doubt it even was that close and the coffin the coffin in the hearse there was a what's the word one of the funeral directors was walking in front of the hearse sorry i went completely mind blank then he was walking in front of the hearse so it was a and it was it was walking speed and um it was very very slow uh so i probably i as much as i got in my car and i followed the procession with my headlights on for like all of 500 meters i I said to my cousin we should have we really should have walked now um just to give you the weather conditions in sydney we have had a lot of rain uh over the as we have (laughs) for the last fucking year and so but we had a lot of rain over the weekend prior and the days leading up to on and off raining they uh it was blue skies up until we came out of the chapel and partly partially blue sky one direction but uh really dark clouds like basically as we walked out you could audibly hear thunder which is very strange uh at the moment because we don't really get we don't really get a lot of thunderstorms uh in sydney of late it's just been rain like constant rain not really storms, no lightning, no thunder, just rain and occasional wind. <clears throat> so we walked to the to the burial plot and silly me and my cousin, we thought we'd kind of bypass and go and cut across and cut across the grass. Now, on normal conditions, that probably would be a good idea. But And I know I have put posts up about Pine Grove and the, the progress that they're doing with Pine Grove and everything like that. Uh, I'm assuming that the area where my grandmother is is interred 
is not one of those areas that they've worked on because uh, there were headstones that were sunk and, and quite quite a distance down, I would say a good 15 to 20 centimetres underneath uh, soil level, grass level. Man, I mean, I know the rain had to be bl- to be blamed for this, but and and you know we've had so much rain in Sydney at the moment that every time it rains again, we have the the soil hasn't had a chance to dry out. The water doesn't get a chance to run away and get so because the ground is saturated from the last rain. That when the next rain comes, it just pools everywhere. We've had a lot of flash flooding, rivers and and our dams are full. It's just it's quite scary at the moment if you live in this sort of area. So. I know everyone's got, everyone's dealing with climate change at the moment, but you know, it's just, that's what we're dealing with in our area at the moment. So the ground was squelchy. It was soft. It was uh, hard to walk on. And uh, as I was walking across the grass to get to, and later on, I didn't realize if I'd gone down across the grass, uh, con- if I dr- walked down the road to where the hearse was, there was a direct route made with like those foam mats that gymnastics people use uh and camping people use those outdoor form foam mats that sort of jigsaw together so that was a path that was leading directly to her someone said something about if it's raining they won't bury her well it started pissing down rain and nobody stopped uh it still happened regardless of the rain um i haven't gone back to see her grave because i don't know i don't know the time lead between that and how long they'll I'm sure they'll fill her in she's filled in but um there's got to be a period where they I'm hoping that they don't put things in in place because it's just going to be so muddy it's ridiculous it hasn't stopped raining since the funeral so yeah walking across the ground around headstones and I just I said to my cousin I said this reaffirms for me 157 percent that I do not want to be buried and that if anyone buries me I will I will haunt them and I will kill them uh, and I came home and told my family the same thing again. I said, just so you know that I'm still 100% anti-burial, just want to make sure. And my husband said, yes, that's right. You're being cremated. I know, I know. And I said, okay, just so you know that there is there is no way I want that for me. It's just not pleasant. And I can only, and, that's, and I'm just putting my, and I'm saying this from the perspective of someone, a loved one going to see their, their dead person. It's not pleasant. It's traumatic seeing the fact that you know they're in the ground and you're looking down and everything's just not right. Like that's, you know, I mean, granted, natural burials would be, would probably be a, an alternative that I would possibly consider, but that's it. Like I would not recommend it. And if you are kind of like on the fence, go to see a cemetery in the conditions that they are in now and every every cemetery is in the same boat this is not just a pine grove issue this is it's a cemeteries all over sydney um it's only set to get worse guys like really i don't think it's going to get any better with this weather and the way things are going and uh when we had the really bad flooding last no it was this year it was in february this year i'm pretty sure um i remember seeing a post about kiama cemetery being completely underwater uh, it's just one of those things that it's not going to get better. And why would you want that for your relatives? Anyway, I'm on my rant. That's my rant. Off my soapbox. Soapbox, sorry. So they um, they put her coffin on there and they did some more prayers and stuff as the good Catholic people do. And then they lowered her coffin into the ground. Now, other 
funerals, which is very rare that I've, it's been a long time since I've been to a funeral where there's actually been a burial, to be honest. I cannot tell you the last one. I think it was probably, I'd like to say it was my grandfather. I can't think of another funeral where it was a burial. And it's a going when their body, when their coffin is being lowered into the ground, it is a very emotionally traumatic thing to see. It is very, very upsetting. It usually amps up the and amplifies the emotion that everyone's feeling and usually it's where you hear the most wails because people don't want to say goodbye. I think they lowered her in two-thirds or something and she didn't look like she was all the way in. Uh, and then we were all offered to take a red, long-stemmed red rose and put it in the coffin. Uh, her bingo dabber was with her. So I was pleased about that. So she's got her bingo dabber if she ever played. I mean, I'm granted, I'm sure that the bingo halls in heaven have all that equipment. But, you know, just in case, you know, you don't want to turn up to bingo and you can't, you got to use a fucking pen like a savage. No one wants that. So uh, I wasn't quite upset at her going in the ground as I probably thought I should have been. I don't know. Just it's a different vibe when it's someone who's lived to the to the massive age of a hundred. Uh, they lowered her in. Uh, we all did our rose. I kissed it and and you know sent her off. And then they put the the equivalent to what I can only describe as a screen door with handles over the top of the little the machine that. Uh, that lowers them in to cover it over, you know, health and safety. And all all the flowers that was given were um, put on top of the screen. We walked away. Um, the rain stopped pretty much after that and a bit of sunshine came through. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was an interesting – so that was basically it. I've not been back. I've not been to see her. And to be quite honest, I don't think I will – I'm one of those people where I don't think your spirit lies wherever your body lies. I think once you're free of this earthly body that you can fly and go wherever you want and if she wants to see me or if I need to feel like I need to be with her, then I just need to think of her and that's enough. So I will not be returning to Pine Grove to see her. I have so many relatives in that cemetery, it's not funny. I have a friend in there as well who was cremated and her ashes are placed in a a rock garden so I would assume they're buried I don't know I don't know if they're put inside the rocks or whatever they've done there but it's one of those bush rock garden graves for cremation I have visited her a couple of times she's right at the front of the cemetery uh, but you know every now and then I just think of her and or I see a dragonfly and for me that's enough um, but yeah it was a very interesting funeral for me I I did cry but I'm gonna be brutally honest that my tears really weren't for her they were for my mum in the photo montage there was lots of photos of her of course because she was my mum's mum and the photos of them together um yeah it really it got me seeing my mum again it was nice to see her face and for her to be recognized in a way in a family that I I honestly don't think they think of her very often. They told me otherwise, but you know, no one misses anyone like a, like a child misses their parent. Uh, 
and I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm sure there is the alternative of parents missing their children. I know. I just, my loss for my mum was is quite substantial. Uh, and as much as, you know, my grandmother is my grandmother, she lived to 100, man. Like, that's great. I'm sure towards the end, her, I don't know what her quality of life was like being 100 years old, but my mum didn't even get, didn't, she just got to 60. Like, that's not. It's not cricket really you know you should deserve to get a good century in life actually i don't even want to live to 100 i want to live to 69 that's my goal so hopefully i get to 69 my first benchmark is 46 because that's the year that's the age my father passed away so if i can get to 46 we're good if i can get past 60 obviously i know i can i can beat my mum's best score high score 69 would be a good age don't you think that would look good you know she died at 69 it would be really good <laughs> You probably think, gee, she's being really strange. I am being strange. And I am I am not diminishing this the gravity of the situation at all. But like I like I have been trying to push this whole podcast is that talking about death is a normal thing. It should be normalized. It should be talked about like I'm talking to you. Like it's just talking it's like if I was talking about cake. It really it really is no different. And it's one of those things where I'm sorry, I'm not going to talk in dulcet tones and and talk to you like this and pretend that I'm sad. And, you know, I'm not going to do that. It's just normal conversation, real talk about a real thing. And I hope that you get to experience a funeral of someone who's lived to 100 because one, they'll live to 100 and that's amazing. And two, it is really a different vibe. There is the sadness level is just it's not there as much like I'm sh- I'm sure my aunties and uncles were very sad that she had gone but the upset the tears and the wailing and that all that sort of stuff there wasn't there was none of that there was no one losing their shit except for me halfway through when the, when I saw photos of my mum uh I was the loudest person in the room uh so yeah I put, just put my head down just put your head down but yeah, it was a, it was quite an experience, and I thought I I've been tossing and turning since Tuesday of whether or not I mention this to you guys, whether I share it. Um, there's a whole other chapter on this funeral, but that's all personal for me, and that's not going to be shared. But it was um it was an interesting thing. I'm glad I went. Uh, for a long time, I didn't think I was actually even going to go to this funeral. I am denied about it. Another interesting fact was that my grandmother died two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks prior to her funeral date. So I don't know if that was because of delays. And this was around when there was the public holiday brought up for the Queen's death. Um, Also, I don't even know if my grandmother got the 100-year note from the Queen because there was only like a few days in between that happening. So unless the Queen makes them in advance, I don't think my my grandmother got one. Uh, So... Yeah, I don't think that was that's a bit that's a bit sucky, isn't it? You get all the way to 100 and you don't even get a letter from the queen because she croaks it. That's like inconsiderate. Um, but jeez, oh that's really off. Okay, I'll stop talking about that. But um, yeah, it was a two week two, from it was two weeks from sh- when she died that she was actually buried. Uh, I actually used my connections to ask. So again, family issues and all that shit. I wasn't 100% sure that the date that I was given for her funeral was her actual date. I thought I might have got a bum steer so that I would not attend. Uh, 
so I spoke to Pine Grove and called them up the next business day, called them bright and early in the morning, unfortunately caught the wrong person who said they would take their details down for me and call me back. And I never heard back from them. And then um, I followed up in the afternoon and uh, they eventually, they told me that, that that was correct, that the, the date and the time was correct. Also, that they had quite a lot of staff off due to COVID and that's completely understandable too. Um, I feel like that has contributed to the reason why there was a lot of time lag between the death and the funeral. Speaking to one of our past guests on the podcast, Kelly, who's a funeral director that we spoke to, uh, she said that she was waiting a week for cremations. That's how much of a delay there is. So I can only imagine burials, weather, public holidays, still issues with COVID, uh, that maybe two weeks was a reasonable amount of a wait. Still very weird. I'd love to hear feedback from people if you want to tell me if that's if you've experienced anything similar it's just how can I put this I I probably my my first instinct was cheap ass Tuesdays the longer you leave it and book it in advance the cheaper the the funeral could be and I thought it was just me having that sort of uh wow like two weeks is a long time uh we walked out of the wake and my uncle who was her son said he said something along the lines of I'm glad that's I'm glad that's happened and I said two weeks is a long time to wait for you to be able to get closure like that's I'll that's I find that an excessive amount of time for that to happen you know you'd like I can understand and I understand that the, the that there are cultures where they do have a longer period where from the death to where they're laid to rest but for example in our culture which is a catholic funeral i don't know if you want to call it a culture but that like i've always experienced a funeral being roughly or actually on average four days four days after the death like it's usually in that same week um so yeah i mean four days after that was a friday and the day after a public holiday so I can imagine there was already yeah there's probably already things that had to be pushed from the Thursday to the Friday uh but yeah maybe the following Tuesday like a week after would have been good I just don't get two weeks I still don't I don't know why I'm hung up on it but it just oh god don't anyone out there please don't make your loved ones wait two weeks before they like seriously and anyone organizing a loved one's funeral don't make them wait two weeks that's it's just torture and i'm like this is a woman who lived to 100 like this isn't something you know it's not something we didn't see coming let's be honest she had a stroke it's 100 years old it's against your basically it's against your odds to to last much longer but two weeks to wait is just incredibly elongated if that was if that had happened when my mum had passed away Fuck, mate, I think that would have really done my mental health in because then I'm waiting for her to be cremated and come back to me and that took time as well, understandably. It's not an instant process. They're not fucking in a microwave. It's ding and then they're done. Um, and I didn't feel any sense of ease, any, any... It was only until my mum's ashes were brought home to me 
and I took her at the door that all of a sudden it was like everything that was sitting like I had like I had all this static and then once I held her her ashes everything just settled everything just went um and I was okay so if if you can take it from anyone that this is the kind of thing that you need to to look at when you're buried when you're cremated when your time comes so I know I've gone on and I've waffled on for half an hour and I hope you know if you if you stuck around and listened to the whole thing I appreciate it but you know it's not every day that you go to a funeral of someone who lived to a really really great age we say it's great but I don't even know if it is great I don't know what what sort of life quality is there at 100 I don't know and it's so funny it was like a couple days before there was a Facebook story about a guy it was a video. He's like, "Oh, he lived to a hundred years old. What's your secret to to living to a to a to a hundred? And he went, "Don't die." So, if anything you take from today and my ramblings on as a podcaster, uh, the secret to a long life is not dying. Take care, guys, and I'll talk to you again in two weeks. Ta ta.